0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Frontier Justice for Episode 2. If you remember last time we were talking about some of the uh, more odd and unusual ways that uh, criminals were punished in their frontier days before a lot of the formation of the states. And Episode 2 we're going to deal with the development of the Western, western states. And when I say that, I'm talking about the time the United States was limited to living on the East Coast. It wasn't until Daniel Boone crossed over the Cumberland Gap Mountains in Kentucky that opened up the opportunity to explore into the, the what we now refer to as the western part of the United States. Uh, at that time, however, uh, Kentucky was just being formed and I focus on Kentucky for two reasons. One is because its importance in the aspect of the rest of the country developing because if Kentucky had not been settled if Kentucky had not been formed and the state had not been developed then the rest of the United States as we know it today would never have been possible because it wouldn't, we couldn't get over top of the Cumberland the Gap Mountains. And also the second reason that Kentucky is important is because uh, I have studied the Kentucky history because that is my home state, and I've studied uh, Kentucky history in quite detail and am familiar with it and able to uh, elaborate on it. So to get started with episode two, we're going to talk about the formation of the state of Kentucky and its importance to the criminals and punishment. So the colonies became more and more established with the formation of society and laws and the people continued to move westward. Uh, Virginia. Was most certainly the hub of colonial America at that time. Uh, most of the new settlers came to her, or at least passed through Virginia at one time or another. The people passing through Virginia w- were often inclined to keep going into Fort John and settle new ground in the wilderness of far western Fincastle County, Virginia. That was the hub of the, at the time. On December 31st, 1776, The Virginia legislature divided Fincastle County and all the territory west of the Allegheny Mountains into three different counties. These counties were Washington, Montgomery, and Kentucky counties. Uh, Kentucky County included the territory, which basically is the exact same boundary as the state of Kentucky does today. Uh, Kentucky's boundaries are shaped by, by the Mississippi River on the western side. We've got the Ohio River on the far northern side, and the big Sandy River in the East. The people of Kentucky are quite proud of their heritage and their history as they regularly hold festivals and reenactments to remember remember those times. To the Native Americans though, Kentucky was known as a very rich hunting ground. The many Native American tribes that lived around the area often engaged in battle for the right to hunt there. Uh, At the time, the area was utilized as a hunting ground. About uh, the Shawnee and the Cherokee Indians, and a scattered few other, other tribes. Uh, these tribes would come to Kentucky, and they would spend many weeks here. And because uh, Kentucky was full of hunting, and they would gather the meat, they would need to, to vie for the winters. And, of course, the thing that was always interesting to me was, and that we can appreciate about the Native Americans, is they respected the land. They took exactly what they needed, and then they returned to the homeland. They didn't waste anything and didn't take any more than what they actually needed. Uh, The Cherokee tribe um, in Kentucky historically claimed ownership of the territory of Kentucky, usually from about the Ohio River down through what is now Central Kentucky. Now, I mention this because we're talking about criminal behavior and criminal punishment in the early, early days. Well, the Native Americans also had crime. Criminal activity exists in every society. And the the Native Americans were no exception to this. Uh, The the Native Americans were a very proud people. And they operated their society on a strict moral code. Uh, The Native American system of punishment for crimes, though, didn't consist of a jail. They didn't build jails and prisons. But instead, the Native American society forced a criminal to submit to instant and quick justice for example if a male brave was accused of beating or mistreating a female he would most likely be subjected to a judgment circle and this would consist of the accused walking around a circle made up of all the women's relatives and they would literally beat the accused to an inch of his life i have to say this is a very uh, effective method of criminal punishment uh, this type of punishment was very simple but it was amazingly effective Uh, If a serious crime was committed, such as, uh, say, stealing another tribesman's horse, or if they had dishonor on the battlefield, or some other violation of the way of life that had proved successful for many hundreds of years, the accused would be ostracized from the tribe, and they would be left to survive on their own. Now, this would sometimes force the criminal to join another welcoming tribe if one could indeed be found. Because leaving the security and the comfort of the tribe would usually end up being a death sentence. They were on their own. If they could find another tribe that would take them in, then they would do so. If not, they'd be on their own and they would surely end up dying. Uh, this form of justice proved to be successful because it really acted as a glue that held their society together. Then the white man came. And of course, all the way of life for all Native Americans would change forever. To this day. Now, every grammar school kid in America knows about the settlement of America and how, the, they, how that settlement greatly affected the lifestyle of the already present Native American population. However, it's important to note that the actual truthful story is, is doubted to have ever been taught in any American classroom. Many of the, of the potential settlers, uh, the white settlers, were eager to come to, to Kentucky. I mean, many for the same reasons that the original settlers came to the colonies to begin with. They wanted opportunity to build a home, raise a crop, live their lives free without the tyranny uh, trying to direct their lives. Uh, It was kind of ironic to me that, you know, many of the original settlers came from England and settled in in the colonies so they could live a life free away from the uh, rule of the king. And then once they... made their settlements and they were established on the east coast many of those same rules started to apply as far as religion, church, going to church, how you lived your life, who you married and it was really a strict existence and a lot of these these settlers were saying well this is not why we came to the the colonies so that Kentucky in in very many ways seemed like an oasis and seemed like a freedom because there was no rules there and because there was no rules, crime was rampant. Um, and they also came to Kentucky because they they wanted to live their lives free. But many were en route to uh, what we refer to as a Transylvania colony. And this area was a rather short-lived colony that makes up the majority of present-day central and western Kentucky. Um, I know when you think of Transylvania, you think of you know vam- vampires and and such, but. Transylvania was a real colony and is a, and was a real place in Kentucky at that time. The colony of Transylvania applied for statehood uh, later on, but it was, re, it was indeed rejected, so it kind of drifted away. But it was eventually absorbed into the rest of Kentucky. Uh, the Transylvania Company, however, was a land surveyor company, and they came and they made treaties with the majority of Indian tribes for the land that makes up Kentucky. Now, the problem with this is, is that being that the treaties were not made with, with all the Native American tribes, uh, which forced the Kentucky settlers into being viewed as invaders because they had a deal with the Cherokee, but say another Indian tribe made no such deal. So when the white man would go into this land and take it as his, this other Indian tribe was saying, Hey, you know, you're invading our, our territory. So this resulted in violence and war uh, and resulted in Indian raids. The treaty with the Indians that was also unlawful. Uh, by Virginia law because a treaty could not be formed to deed the land to a private company. Um, So before long, Kentucky was petitioning to become its own state. They didn't like the way that Virginia was doing things. and They wanted wanted to be free and they wanted to live their lives independently. However, Virginia initially refused to give Kentucky their independence. Also, we must remember that Kentucky was, was very much an untamed wilderness at this time. Although it was very beautiful, it was also a very rough and violent place. The New Kentuckians that came here suffered many setbacks, and they had to be weary of Indian attacks and disease. And the state of Virginia was, was in fact accused, on more than one occasion, of offering the local Indian tribes food and merchandise to attack the settlers in order to squash the revolution that Kentucky County of succeeding from Virginia. Um, as the Daniel 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 Boone was famous for uh, developing the Cumberland Gap Trail, which allowed this succession to take place. However, it's important to note that you know Daniel Boone didn't make this trail. This this trail was made by the Native Americans and was used by Native Americans to get over top of the huge Cumberland Gap mountains. You know for eons. Daniel Boone was effective in this, and it's important to mention in this lecture because. He went through that trail and he actually widened it so that these covered wagons could have room to go the, over these trail, otherwise it was just a trail barely wide enough to go for one person to walk. Well, he widened the trail so that there was room for, you know, people's entire lives were packed into these, these buggies, pulled by the horses, and they had to uh, widen the trail out. So Virginia wanted, uh, didn't want Kentucky County to succeed. So. Uh, oftentimes they w- were involved in acts to try to discourage it. Now, many of the sellers didn't feed. Cut their, uh, the the sellers did cut their losses, and they just returned to Virginia. It was just too much of a price to pay. Only the very bravest stood firm to the request of selling Kentucky. Now, there, as we mentioned, there's no name that stands out more in this area than Daniel Boone, because of what he did with the Cumberland Trail, widening it out and uh, allowing. Um, the Curling Gap Trails to be crossed, therefore western expansion was possible. Uh, the, the very minute that Daniel Boone laid his eyes on Kentucky, a really a love affair was born and he would end up really sacrificing everything including his home and his family in exchange for settling this new area. Um, it's also important to mention that the Curling Gap Trail was initially discovered by Dr. Thomas Walker uh, many years before. Uh, but like I said the Native Americans is the ones that developed the trail. Uh, the path was widened by a team of the loggers led by Daniel Boone, and, and he really uh, sacrificed a lot to make that happen. Um, the Cumberland Gap was an important project at the time because it did widen up an access to a new way of life that was previously unexplored, you know, by by a white man. Uh, the road, and we talk about this because this directly relates to crime and punishment in Kentucky because. Crime was evident on this on this criminal gap trail what they refer to as the, as the wilderness trail. Uh, the road that Daniel Boone made across the Cumberland gap mountains was really too much to resist for criminal activity. The trail was commonly used for robbers and other criminals to hide in. They would hide and wait and pounce on weaker unsuspecting travelers. The robber would steal the supplies from the settlers and leave the entire family lying dead on the road. This type of criminal behavior was usually pun was punished rather quickly if they could be caught, and it was dealt with by instant justice. As many sellers were already on alert for any attacks, and they were prepared for the you know the worst case scenario. The sellers were well armed, and if they could, they would kill the robbers wh- where they stood. Those sellers that did that did fall victim to these roadside attacks usually had their deaths uh, blamed on the Indians, and it was actually uh, white robbers. Many of the time, Daniel Boone included, he wanted Kentucky to be free from Virginia and become its own state. The Virginia government, however, never, had never settled or attempted to settle Kentucky. It was just wild wilderness at this time. It was crawling with Native Americans, and Virginia believed it was better left alone. However, this, uh, the state refused to allow Kentucky to succeed. But that didn't stop the sellers from going there. They still continued to flow in, into Kentucky. Uh, the settlers that have followed Daniel Boone into Kentucky um, followed with their entire lives and all their dreams packed up into their wagon. So many times, entire families or entire communities even would travel together. To say that life on the trail was rough would be indeed a huge understatement. Because besides these white robbers, also actual Indian attacks were all but certain. They were the Native Americans were not happy with the white man coming into this area. This was their hunting land, and they didn't want it to be. Um, invaded by the white men who were not welcomed. Kentucky was just too much to pass up a lot of times, though, because it promised, you know, the settler many dreams, but it often only delivered death and defeat. Now, many of the men from Kentucky had decided that Kentucky was, was destined to become a, their own state. Now, they had meetings in Danville, Kentucky, to discuss this, and eventually, uh, statehood was passed. It's important to remember uh, that uh, the route over across the mountain also had to be broken up into small segments. For example, uh, these covered wagons coming through across the state of Kentucky before they would get to where they were going. They often would have to stop in the town of Harrisburg at Fort Harrod, which was led by James Harrod. And they would have the safety of the fort where they could get more supplies. They'd be protected from Indian attacks. And then they would go on and travel a few more days. And they would also uh, stop in a few miles down the road in Stanford, Kentucky, at Fort Logan. They could also stop at a home just a few miles from Stanford called the, the William Whitley House, which is in a town called Crabwater, Kentucky. He also had uh, a setup where you could re- get supplies. And rest and be safe from from attack. It wouldn't it wouldn't take much though to upset this fragile ecosystem of society within these forts. And we talked about these forts because again, crime is present here. Crime such as adultery and rape were quite common inside these forts. Uh, a man would a man could go out on a hunting expedition, and he could be expected to be gone you know for weeks or sometimes even months. And as we already discussed, it was likely that that. The chance of them returning was low anyway, for various reasons. Uh, but uh, once the hunting party was gone, a, a lonely criminal that lived in the fort would usually go after you know the wives who are now alone. The women had little or to no chance of refusing or fighting off their attacker. They had little option to not only take the attack, but also they were forced to stay in the fort and look at their attacker. Uh, if the hunting party, once the hunting party returned and the husband and the husband actually did return and the wife would tell the husband that she was attacked, then punishment to this criminal was very uh, serious and severe. And it would be usually with the, they didn't bother with the court of law. Uh, they didn't bother with witnesses. They didn't bother with evidence. The wife said that she was attacked with this guy. He was usually shot in the head and killed where he stood. And that would be the end of the story. Uh, adultery was commonplace within the forts as well. Um, Usually, it would end badly for the female, more so than the male. Uh, She would usually, once uh, an adultery relationship was exposed, the woman would most likely be thrown out of the fort. Or if she was lucky, she would be branded with a hot iron with a letter A on it, so she would always be seen as an adulterer. Um, The man would usually... Be dealt with. He would, either, he would either be killed or hung or something of that, of that nature. Uh, but by putting the woman outside the fort it was the same as a, as a death sentence. It wasn't proper uh, to hang a woman at that time so they would just put him out of the fort and you know the, the Indians and the animals and those type of things would, would deal to her eventual death. However we can discuss though that once the area of Kentucky did indeed get statehood. They started to form a government, and with the government came creating official laws. And and then with these law once these laws were broken, issuing punishment became necessary. The new government started to issue punishment similar to those they had in the colonies, but with the establishment of small settlements and even a few towns, a more a more permanent solution though would need to be established. And many did just that, as we start to see small jails being built around this time. The Office of Sheriff in Kentucky would not come into play, usually until around 1781. Uh, the first sheriff in Kentucky was Colonel John Bowman. He was appointed as one of the earliest sheriffs of Lincoln County, Kentucky. Uh, the new laws of Kentucky were starting to be created, and they were, they were created with the individual needs of the settlement in mind. So the vast majority of crimes were punished the same way death. Today crimes are punished according to several factors. Now, while there are criteria involved today that forces, you know, judges hands in the punishment for certain crimes, usually the whole picture is considered before a modern day judge issues a set punishment. However, during the early days of statehood, any criminal act was seen as a direct assault against the well being of the community, and more importantly, the moral code that was set forth. So crimes such as uh, treason or uh, helping a slave to escape um, free, a free person advising or conspiring with, with a slave to create a rebellion or um, slave stealing murder, robbery, burglary, manslaughter um, killing somebody in a duel rape, child abuse, arson uh, perjury, forgery uh, destroying a legal document uh, forging a legal document Embezzling or escaping from jail—all these, all these different crimes—there was no court, there was no hearing, there was no jury. It was instant death, hanging. And the accused was usually allowed some time alone before they were hung, uh, with the clergy in order to get his soul in order. Exceptionally brutal crimes such as murder and rape were sometimes punished without the benefit to clergy, and this was interesting because this was actually an extra form of punishment because this prevented the accused from meeting with the local preacher and also allowed the punishment to extend into the afterlife. So, in other words, by not allowing the accused to meet with the clergy, he had he had no opportunity to confess his sins, no opportunity to be saved at the last minute, so the punishment would go with the accused into the afterlife and follow him into hell, and thus, uh, punishment him for eternity. Uh, A few years after Kentucky became a state, around 1797, due to increased societal pressures across the country, a complete overhaul of the criminal justice system was taking place and it it led to a complete turnaround on the review of crime. So, If we remember before this, all these crimes were just, the sentence was death. You commit a crime, you're going to get killed. You commit a crime, this crime, you're going to get killed. You commit that crime, you're getting killed. Well, now they're starting to, to Kentucky starting to step back and listen and say, wait a minute, we need to stop and individualize these crimes and issue different punishments. Not everything has to be a death penalty. So they started going through the criminal justice system and revising it. Uh, the only exception was uh, murder, which was still punished by death, or a black man at the time raping a white woman with automatic death plus castration. Um, at, at least the accused murderer... We get some sort of a pretense of a trial now. If you were a black man in this time frame, you most certainly would not get a, a fair trial. Uh, his fate, in fact, would be in the hands of the townspeople. Uh, these views against the instant death penalty begin to fall out of favor as being too inhumane and required uh, Kentucky to revamp the criminal justice system and find a way of punching crime that was more in tune with the beliefs of the day. The new state government went to work And a year and a half later, in 1798, they came up with the synopsis of an act to amend the penal laws of Kentucky. And basically, it started to develop um, punishments such as jail, prisons, and fines. Probation came into play for the first time. Not everything was a a death sentence here. The people of Kentucky were changing their views on crime. Um, However, as intriguing as the townspeople thought, The idea of the new criminal laws were, the new view of the death penalty left the people wondering what to do with the the criminal. Okay, we're going to find this guy. The guy steals a horse before we're going to kill him. Well, now they're not going to keep stealing the horse, but you are going to be punished. But any long-term punishment, now they didn't know what to do with them. So it became very, very evident that they needed to build a prison. At this time, there was prisons already in existence in Pennsylvania. But Kentucky was new, was new to this game, and they didn't have any prisons at this time. So up until this point, almost every little town in America, including Kentucky, had these small holding jails for the prisoner to be held in, and they were basically designed just to hold them the prisoner until they had their day in court. But now that the new uh, criminal justice system had taken place in Kentucky, they really needed a, a new and long-term holding facility, which was very quickly realized. And it was became very evident that Kentucky needed to build a prison. Now, the first and maybe greatest change in the new law was moving instantly away from the death penalty. Now, more intense and more humane punishments would come at a much slower pace. So, the Kentucky legislature enacted that no crime whatsoever committed by any free person against this commonwealth, except murder, shall be punished with death. So that leaves a lot of a lot of room for other types of punishment. Um, for larceny and counterfeiting, they said to go to prison no less than two years and no more than 10 years. Uh, if you are found guilty of sodomy, for example, they said the sentence is not less than two years and no more than five years. If you are caught in the act of robbery, then you had to, re- had to restore the uh, monetary value of the item, pay full price, and then you had to uh, go to prison for not less than three years and not more than 10 years. The basic foundation of creating laws is for people to follow them to support the foundation of the society. The people that choose not to follow these laws must be subject to punishment. This, of course, explains the role of the sheriff during that time period and, of course, modern police forces as well. The police are tasked with enforcing the laws of the area of their jurisdiction with whatever means necessary. Now, once the sheriff or the police gain custody of the criminal, then they are presented to a trial of their peers, and then they found guilty. They're held in prison for punishment. The state now had the laws, in fact, intact. In they had the sheriff intact. Now, they needed a prison. So tune in for Episode 3, for Kentucky Build Its First Prison. Thank you for listening.